Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside my host, my co-host, the main host, the Mac Daddy of them all, Pete Robertson. The main host, whatever. <laughs> You know, when we get emails all the time in the mail, they don't, they'll say, hey, Mr. Pete, they say Mr. Bob, so yeah. you're the main host. Uh, they just, I'm, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just the oldest. It yeah. doesn't, doesn't make me main. Yeah, you're my, you're my elder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the old guy. So how you doing? I'm good, That's man. Not... I'm good. It's March. Can yeah. you believe this? Yeah. It's you a know, little we... warm here. Are you in denial? I was in, yeah, I was going to be in denial. You're going to be in denial? When I was in California. In fact, you're going to be, hold on. You're going to be in denial in June of 2024. We are. Are you trying to make a lead? (laughs) You know, I just know, but I wanted to not forget to remind people that our our informational meeting for our epic, epic uh, riot podcast uh, trip, the Footsteps of Moses, is next Sunday. So Sunday night. March 19th, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in the United States. We are going to do a Zoom call and just answer any questions our listeners may have. But you want to jump on that call, find out all this cool stuff that we're going to do. Um, and if yeah. you want to do that, just go to the website, go to the riotpodcast.com, sign up, get your Zoom link. And, you know, if nothing else, you get to talk to Pete Robertson on Zoom. Yeah, I mean, whatever. that's cool. You know, you probably want to get, you know, a photographer or something, you know, to, you know, to, to memorial, 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 man, yeah. it's going to be a rough show. Memorialize Thank the show. you. Yeah. Woo, it's going to be a rough show. You know, I hope this, we're not going through Leviticus. We made, we made this a price for, so that most people could do this. I mean, we, we lowered the price as much as we can. We're doing a 13 day tour. We're starting in Cairo, Egypt. We're going to be doing Petra, we're, uh, Jordan. We're going to be in Israel. And we got the price down as far as we possibly can. And you know, we just want to fill this bus up, you know? And so if you're it all on the sidelines, now is the time to make the decision. Yeah. This would change your life. I promise you, we will not, um, you will feel like you've been on a trip of a lifetime with us. We'll make this an entertaining, fun, exciting, uplifting, spiritually sound trip. And so, uh, yeah, go to the riotpodcast.com. Anyway, back. you will come back changed. I promise. You will not be the same person yeah. when you come back. There's but no wait, doubt. there's more. What's more? Oh, we're going to go to the camel races. Oh, the camel races. (laughs) Can't forget the camel races. I I was talking to um, my marketing team and I was like, hey, could you put us on camels and actually have us go camel races? And that all stemmed from uh, Barry wanted us to do camel races. He's like, like, I would love to see that. And so, yeah, I don't think we're going to do camel races, but I'm going to look into that. And I know that we'll be on a camel in front of one of the pyramids because that's what they do. That's what they, the photo op. You got to get that photo op. And they do it in Israel too. You know, what if we don't tell them, we just get up there for the photo op and then we start racing the camels. I want to see if we can actually do it though. I think that would be so much fun. (laughs) What do you do? Do you put carrots in front of camels? What do you put in front of them? I don't know. Do we put a rabbit? What what could we get them to do? Go faster. That's the greyhounds. The greyhounds chase the rabbits, I think. So you put greyhounds in front of camels. I don't know. Maybe fun. you put a good-looking camel in front of the camel, and they'll chase ooh, after that. Ooh la la! Right, and then they get going. Maybe I don't know, I don't know how it works, I but we're going to learn so much, and it's yeah. going to be just an amazing trip. You you don't want to miss it, guys. If we can get the camels for us to race a camel, we're still on the camels. That would still. <laughs> you should at least come see that. I mean, right. that's worth that's worth like the price of a mission, right there. <laughs> that's, that's the bottom line. But wait, there's more. <laughs> What's more? Petra. Yeah. We're going to see the Sea of Galilee. Yes. You're going to get to go to Jerusalem. Yes. It's going to be it's going to be amazing. And you're going to get to listen to Pete and Barry and maybe even me teach a little bit on, you know, as we're in areas, we're going to pull text out of the Bible oh, yeah. that rep, that is about that area. Yeah. And man, it's just going to make the Bible come alive yeah, for I you. I wait. promise you. It's yeah. going to it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And then you and I are going to go to India in, in, uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> in has not been a, that has not been approved by my wife yet. So. I am going to India and in Pete's going to India, but uh, and I, trying I'm, to get I'm Bob looking, I'm looking into it and, and Barry to go. You know, he's dangling this carrot of Nepal in front of me too. Oh, yeah. like, you get to go to Kathmandu and see yes. Mount Everest. I'm like, yes, you're making it really hard to say no. Yeah. But it's just more ministry. I mean, I can't wait to talk about it. We're actually, I'll actually record from there. Um, and we'll see. We'll be able to get in. So well, I, I promise to pray on it, and uh, we'll see. God provides, then I can't say no. Yeah, I just pray that everything lines up. Yeah, wife included. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's important. It's important. You got to keep peace wait, in the house. Let's let's yeah. Let's talk about that. If the wife 
or the husband are not on the same page, that means it doesn't happen. That's right. Everybody that's listening to this. I mean, if those single people are, well, I don't have that. So I don't have to worry about that. You're right. You, you're blessed that way. But in a relationship, <laughs> you both got to be on the same page. So you need to see it from God's perspective. See it from his eyes. Pray about it. Surrender to him. That is so important. And do that. Yeah. God, God will use your, will talk to you through your spouse. He will, he will share things with you through your spouse. So it's All very, time. very important to listen to your spouse. And over time, you usually are like-minded anyway. Sure. It's like one, one of the partners would know the other partner enough that you like, okay, yeah, that's something we do. You know, the God is moving in that way. So. Awesome. So you had a trip to California. I yeah, heard you cold. had in and out burger twice. Yeah, I did it twice. Usually I do it once. So jealous. You and know, he, I, he I didn't, read, he didn't bring me any guys so just this so is, you know, this is why I did it. So we went, we, every time we land, we go to there on Sepulveda Boulevard out of LA. It's like the thing That's, to do, right? I just do it. Yeah. So we did it the first time. I was like, okay, I did it. But then I read this article. So now that I'm in LA, I'm getting like in, in and out social media posts, boom, boom, or whatever. Right. So my phone's blowing up with in and out. And one of them was an article that was talking about in and out was the second healthiest burger in the United States or something like that. And I started looking through what they were saying. I didn't go, I didn't find out who the first was, but I didn't see who the rest of them were. I just was reading a little bit on them. And it's because they have all fresh ingredients. They have, they, they really are, their patties are low calories. Their buns are lower calories. And I was looking, I was like, okay, I can actually have two of these within, <laughs> you know, so so we went back to In-N-Out nice Burger. Nice job marketing In-N-Out Burger. That was an amazing job of marketing. And then even their fries, their fries are just potatoes that they cut, that do, and they their fries are lower calories. I didn't have their fries, but still it was, you know, if I wanted to, I came out of there under 600 calories. How was that? Jeez, that thing's amazing. I haven't had that for years. <laughs> have you had it before? Yeah. I remember having it. It was so good. Uh, you can't eat again for two days, so double burger. Fries, animal style, and a chocolate shake. There's your calorie intake for the week. We need to send this to In-N-Out Burger. We got to tell them, <laughs> it's hey, man. so good. Us Florida guys are giving uh, some, some love man, to the West Coast. bring In-N-Out to Orlando. Yeah. Of course, you know what? It might lose the special, you know, because it's like when I fly out West, that's like one of the things you do. You go to In-N-Out Burger. They just announced that they're coming to Tennessee, and they're going to be setting up an actual thing so i think it's within 12 hours of tennessee in, in orlando an fits. actual thing is that like the it's, technical word they have um they have to have their their what is it distribution center there or whatever it is that's yeah. the thing okay yeah, yeah. i don't it, know what it is it wasn't clear to me so i was afraid it might not be clear to the listeners but it's was. my it's clear to me that's all that mattered <laughs> man i understand Oh, all right mercy. enough talking we got to get working we got to get working we got an into awesome the podcast show. we're gonna talk about yeah. hate yeah I yeah. just, I banged producer the, said, stop banging on the table. Yeah, I banged it comes on the, right through the microphone. I banged on the table. So we apologize. All you guys were listening loud in your car and you got bang. Yeah, yeah that was my bad. I won't do that ever right. again. Let me, let me open us up in prayer. Wait, you can pray after that. We have to, I think we have to pray after that. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Let's do All right. it. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time that we have to just talk about you. Thank you for these memories that we get to share. And Lord, I ask that you would bless this trip. To, uh, to Egypt and to Israel and Jordan, I pray that uh, you would you would bring the people that you want to be there, Lord. That you would just kind of just put it in their heart that you know this is something that you would will have them to do and provide for them in a way that they can do it, Lord. It's just going to be an amazing trip. We already know that. We know that the the place just comes alive. The Bible comes alive when you get to experience and walk in the footsteps of where Moses walked and where Jesus walked. And Lord, it's just going to be an amazing time. And we just ask you to bless it. Lord, we ask you to be with the show today, that you would help Pete and I get out of the way and just let your Holy Spirit speak uh, like never before. Father, use the show to reach people, to talk to people, to, to draw near to people, Lord. And uh, man, we just, we're just in awe of you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you're about to do. Amen. Amen. So we're going to title today, I think, Why Does the World Hate Christians? What? And they hate Christians? Well, I mean, yeah. But I mean, I think it's like, why does the world and other Christians hate Christians? I mean, because they hate God? I, well, that's cool. Let's find out. <laughs> Let's dive into it. So All right. We're going to read John 15, 18 through chapter 16, 4. So if you're going to follow along, we're not there yet, but you can get your Bible. Um, we'll be reading out of the ESV. But yeah, so that's what we're going to do. So why does the world hate Christians? We're going to find out because why. Well, let's do it. You ready? Yeah. All right. Today, we're going to discover a unifying thread in today's reading from John, what, 
Pete just shared with us, John 15, 18 through 16, verse 4, that unites all of our reading. That is, the church is facing hostility from the world. While the Holy Spirit's ministry is operating with and through the church, Jesus has been teaching his disciples primarily about love up until this point. But, big but, yeah. but now we will be speaking about hatred. Yeah, it's like Weird, you take, right? Like Talk he goes love, 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 and boom, and then, now he's just going to be all about hate. Yep. So yep. in this section of scripture um, that we're going to read today, he uses, Jesus being he, yeah. uh, uses the term hatred seven times. Yeah, and in I our can't notes, picture Jesus saying hate. No, he does. But in our notes, it's capitalized he. But see, the people on the radio. Oh, the they can't podcast, hear that. They can't see that. So you, that's why. So I, that's why I added Jesus. I'm really glad you did I, that. That's weird. Yeah. See, there, we asked the Holy Spirit to speak, and he did. He did. How about Amen. that? All right. Jesus, as you know, is the very definition of love. Amen. Everything he has ever done is because of his love for others. So how could anyone hate him? Hmm. Question. It is a good question. I mean, yeah. isn't it mind-boggling? It is. If he always is love and loves everybody, he's the very <laughs> definition of love. How could you hate somebody like that? I don't get it. It's mm. just, but we're going to get into Let's why. Let's get into that. Yeah. You know, his desire, he only desires the best for us. However, he tells us that we too will be hated like him. That's Jesus again. Oh he, boy. Yeah. yeah it, because it's a capital H. Yeah. Yeah. If we identified ourselves as Christians today, then that is the way things were, are going to be. Jesus warns his followers that the world will persecute them in the same way that he is being persecuted and that the world also will hate them. It is clear from John's gospel that the religious establishment not only rejected Jesus, but also actively sought to have him killed. Mm. The lesson Jesus is teaching his disciples here is that they must endure this hostility, this hostile environment and persistent hostility, hostility until Jesus comes again or until they die. Yeah, it's basically... Yeah, it's one of those two, right? Yeah, I mean, it's basically like... Uh, the hostility that Christians face. I mean, seriously, if you were doing the things of God in your personal life or in just in your life in general, there is zero doubt that you're going to face an opposition and it's a spiritual battle. And we're going to get into that a little bit. There's obviously, I mean, you read, you just write a book about that. Yeah. Um, in, in that's what's happening, but we're going to, let's just unpack this. Let's dive into it. Let's read it. And, uh, let's just discuss it. I can't wait. It's All right. Be awesome. Well, let's jump into the word of God. Yeah. So John 15, verse 18, if the world hates you, this is Jesus talking, it's in red in my Bible. Yes, that's how we know. That's how we know. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, servant is not greater than his master. If they persecute me, or they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And if they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had come and spoken to them, they would have not, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have seen and have hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without cause. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Chapter 16, I have said all of these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have known the Father, nor me, because they have not known the Father, nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I had told them to you. Yeah, I mean, that's just... It's just so powerful. I mean, I think if we just read it straight like that, I, 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 you, you would be forced to just stop and really meditate on what he's saying. Um, just by us being associated with Jesus, the world hates us. They, it just doesn't make sense. We, you know, what did the, the Bible says in Acts, the latter part of Acts, it says that they turn the world upside down. It's everything about Jesus 
he goes about things the opposite way. You know, there's a show called Chosen that's out. And at the beginning of the show, it has a bunch of fish that are going around. Yeah. And then there's these, these fish that are turning back, right? And they're going against the, the crowd. The current. That, running against the current. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what a Christian is. And so the other world looks at a Christian and says, wait, why are you going that way? It makes no sense. And you stand out. The unfortunate part of that though, or there's so many Christians that are wearing, you know, the, the world's clothes and they're going the same way the world's going. And so God really does want us to stand out. But if we do stand out, he's telling his disciples here, Hey, listen, I'm telling you this to warn you so that you don't lose your faith, that you're going to face persecution. Mm. You're going to face hostility from the world. And I just want you to know that that's going to happen, but take heart. I've overcome the world and, and, and greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And that you're going to be able to overcome as well. But you got to remain in me. And we just talked about that in, in John 15, uh, earlier, 15, 15, early in John yeah. 15. So, all right, so let's get into it. Good stuff. Let's, let's dive and let's have fun. With it. All right. We should start by defining what Jesus means by the world. Yeah, that might be good. Okay. So because the term appears at least three times in the Bible, you know, it can refer to one, the created world. So in John 1 10, the world was made by him. Yep. It could also be the word, the world of humanity. Yep. John 3 16 says, for God so loved the world. Yep. Or it could be a society apart from God and opposed to God, which refer to as, as we refer to as the world system. Yeah, I call it, um, well, the world system or the world economics. You've heard me say that many times. You know, it's, you know, Babylon is a world system. It's the, it was established way back when it's, it's how we do business today. Um, buy and sell oversee everything else where the Israelites, they, they still did commerce that way, but everything was centralized by God. God was the creator. God was the one that, that gave them, you know, I'm going to be the one that provides, I'm going to be one that takes care of you. I'm going to be the one that does that. And, and once they had the king, it set it up, set up everything else. That's why the Israelites kept saying, well, we want a king, you know, a king. we want to be like the world system. Right. And so Jesus is like, well, you can do that, but you got to fear me. You still got to make me God. You still, and they just rebelled against it. And so they followed the world system. So that's why we say that. And that's kind of the context. All right. From a Christian perspective, the world includes all the people. Okay. So everybody plans, organizations, activities, um, philosophies, values, and so on. It belonged to the society without God. Okay. So some of these things may be very cultural with others may be very corrupt, but they all have their origin in the heart and mind of sinful man and promote what sinful man wishes to enjoy and achieve. So as Christians, we must be careful not to fall in love with or conform to the world. So the world is, 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 it will always promote a way that is built on your own efforts. Okay. It's, it's how good you work, how hard you work, how much um, equity you have, how much money you have, what you, you know, how much knowledge you have. There's some, there's some good world economic systems where they're, they're done democracy or certain things that make it more plausible or more good. And there's really corrupt world systems that are out there. I would say United States is probably the corrupt. I mean, it's, it, it has a face that shows it's good and it is better than a lot of other ones, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it does not fear God and it's doing things on its own uh, will. So, but Romans 12, one through two, talking about the conform to the world, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. If, if we're, <clears throat> if we're following God and we're not conforming to the world system, then we are going to God first in our decision-making. We are seeking him. We're asking God to give us eyes to see ears to hear. And, and when we make a decision, it's not because um, it's pleasing ourselves. It's not because it's better for ourselves. It's not because we feel it's best. That's not why we make that decision. When we make a decision in God's economy or God's you know, system, it's because God has opened the door accordingly, that we have eyes to see and we have ears to hear. We know what God is saying. And so 
we then adjust our life to what God is telling us. We, we know that by, by spending time in prayer with him, by worshiping him, by reading the word, by, by meditating on his truth, by listening to the Holy Spirit, by putting ourselves in a position so that God is glorified in all that we do. The world system will always glorify man. It will always lift up man. It will always lift up that, you know, pat them on the back, give them the trophies. In God's system, it will always elevate others above themselves. You will always decrease. God would always increase. He will always be the famous one in your life. He would be the one that you talk about. He would be the one that you follow. So we're going to try to get into that. So if you're living that way, then the world's going to look at you and they're going to be like, dude, that's just weird. You know, you're, you're like messed up. You're a psycho. You're crazy. You know, you need to work your tail off for your own self. You need to care about yourself. You know, we have self magazines and everything else. So that would be the world system. Does that make sense? Yep. All right. It does. All right. Now that we describe the term world, let's ask the question. Why does the world system, including the religious world, hate Christians? What? The religious world hates Christians? Oh, my gosh. We'll talk about that. We had a good discussion this morning on that. The one who believes on Jesus and seeks to follow him. Jesus himself gave us several reasons. And the first one is because we identify with him. Yeah, just by us being, so as I, you know, remember Paul, Paul says, it's I that no longer live, but Christ that lives within me. Right. You know, he, I'm not living for my own pleasure no longer. I am living as a bond servant of Christ. It's I do as God wants me to do. I have eyes to see. I live according to his way. Um, that is that is the very definition of a follower of Christ, a, a disciplined follower of him. We, I discipline my mind. I discipline my life. Does that mean I'm perfect? No, but I have a different system that I live by. I do not think the way of the world. Okay, so in verse 18 and 20, Jesus says that if they hated him, they would also hate those who identify with him. Jesus quoted the statement he made earlier in John 13, 16, and now here again in John 15, 20. And the logic is very clear. We are the servants to the master, right? Because he is greater than we are. He deserves to be praised and glorified. But the world will not praise or glorify him. The world despises him, so the world must despise us. If Jesus, despite his greatness and perfection, does not escape persecution, what hope do we have of our own flaws? And so Jesus lived this perfect life and he was still persecuted. He was still put to death. Right. So if we're living like Jesus, what is the chances of us not being, you know, persecuted? So let's just talk about that. So, I mean, let's just, you and I have the discussion about that. So we're going to talk about the church as well, because the church itself is persecuting itself. So there's so many pharisaical Christians out there that are, that, that are helping the world system. So they look at other Christians, well, I know more than you, and I've studied more than this. And man, I can't believe that you would hang out with a guy that looks like a girl. You know, why are you doing that? Or I can't believe that you would talk with that people group. Or how could you support somebody like that or love on them or whatever? I mean, they're, they're constantly throwing rocks at each other, right? And, and it's like, what happened to just loving the brethren? What happened to elevating others above ourselves? What happened to having an actual conversation and, and really learning the heart of that person or, or having a discussion and working through that discussion instead of throwing and picking apart what they're doing? That, the, so the Christian church, as we talked about, is the religious system. And we have a lot of people in our churches today that are living as Pharisees. So let's call that what it is. So not only does the world system hate us, but also the religious system hates us. And so Jesus is dealing with the religious system, hating him, and not only that, the world system. So it's doubly. Yeah. And so I don't know, what's your thoughts on that? It's the same today as it was 2000 years ago. You used, I think you cleared it up towards the end there, but you used the word at the beginning of pharisaical. And I'm like, I wonder if all of our listeners know what, what you mean by that, but it's just being like a Pharisee. And if you know, you go back to biblical times and, and, you know, the people that were criticizing Jesus were the, were the, were the Pharisees. In fact, they're the ones that ultimately got him killed, right? Because they didn't like what he was saying. And so it goes back to the relig- our discussion about religious leaders. So these are the religious leaders of the time. Yeah. They've got God standing in front of them, speaking to them, yeah. and they don't see it. Yeah. In fact, not only do they not see it, they hate him and they kill him. Yeah. 
So it's just, and, but it's just wild. And, that, and it's the church that's the one that killed them, you know? Yeah. But the world system would have done it itself eventually because the world system doesn't understand. Eventually, Caesar would have gotten on a, the you know, wind of this and say, hey, wait, this guy's just causing a revolt. There's things happening. He's creating a movement here. This is not right. This is, a, this is scary to our system, right? So that's eventually what would happen. And, and it's it the same. It threatens their authority. It does. And that's, that's kind of what, when God, you know, we don't fear man right? We don't fear the sting of death. Because we have a higher authority. Right. Because we acknowledge that he's God, he's master. That's right. So he created all things. We believe that everything that he says is truth, right? So we don't, we live by a different standard. We live by a different hope. And unfortunate, and then the Bible, you know, we talked about at the beginning that he talks about love, 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 love your brother. Just like a couple of shows ago, we talked about loving your brethren, right? But how many churches are not loving their brethren? Right. And, and it's like, you know, they've taken up the mantle for Satan. They've, they mm. said, you know what, I'm going to hate the brethren as well. I'm going to cause division within the church. I'm going to do whatever I can. And it's the same thing that happened back then. It's the same thing that's happening today is that, you know, we're, we're they're hating on us. And so if you truly are a follower of Christ and you're truly walking holy and humbly with him and you have intimacy with him, you will be persecuted. And I would challenge our listeners today that, one, are you being the one that's persecuting other Christians? Are you that hostile person? Is that you? And number two, are you being persecuted? Because if you're not, are you walking humbly with him? Because there's a lot of, like we talked about at the beginning, you know, that chosen, the illustration that we use, there's a lot of Christians that have the world system clothes on, and that's the way they're going. They might, you know, you talked about, you know, you know, who was it? Michael Jordan? It wasn't Michael Jordan. Who, what was that illustration? He's, oh, Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, give, give that illustration. I mean, you might know, you know about Tom yeah. Brady. So we were just talking this morning in our show prep and, you know, we're talking about how many people, you know, in America, America in general. So I know we got listeners from all around the world, but we're talking about America and how it, you know, people still call it a Christian nation. I would probably argue that, that that's not true anymore, but, you know, if you ask and they do polls, I think it was back in the eighties, it was like 90% or 85% of people consider themselves Christians. They know who, you know, they know who Jesus is. And so our argument was, you know, even today, let's say it's dropped to 70 or 75%. I would say you could walk the streets of America and 70, 75% of people will tell you that they, they know who Jesus is. They, 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 they probably believe he's God. They believe he died on, on a cross. You know, they, they know what Easter is. They know, they know all about, Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. Yeah. And that's the difference. So there's a verse in what Matthew seven, it says, you know, where Jesus tells people, you know, these people come up to him, but we preached your name. We spoke, you know, we did threw out demons in your name. And, and Jesus says, I never knew you. And so that's our fear. So the Tom Brady illustration is this. So everybody in America knows who Tom Brady is at least 75, 80%, you know, uh, they know who Tom Brady is, but they don't have a relationship with Tom Brady. They can tell you how many Super Bowls he's won. They can tell you, you know, how many MVPs Seven. he's won. <laughs> they can, they can, you know, they may call him the GOAT, the greatest of all time. You, you'll hear people say that, but they don't have a relationship with Tom Brady. And my fear is the vast majority of people in America who call themselves Christians that say, I know who Jesus is don't have a relationship with them. They're still sitting on the throne of their life. They have not surrendered that throne to the Lord and Savior of the universe. But the people that do know Tom Brady, okay, the ones that hang out with him every day, okay, his posse, his inner core, right? Now they take Gronk. on- Yeah, whoever that is, whoever <laughs> knows him really well, but they take on the same persecution that he takes, right? So if people are against him, they're they're getting the same thing. Well, you're friends with Tom Brady, he's this, da, 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 da. Or the same praise, the same thing. It's it's the same thing with Jesus. But Jesus now is the author and finisher of our life. Jesus is the beginning and the end. Jesus is so much greater than Tom Brady that he is he is God himself, God incarnate himself. And so if we are walking close with him, I promise you, you will be persecuted. I put myself out sometimes a little too much sometimes, and I get beat up a little bit. And especially on Twitter, but, but there's, there's a reason for it because I know that God wants me to share the truth and God wants me to constantly be witnesses of him. Yeah. And so everywhere I go, I'm looking for opportunities to glorify him in all I do. And because of that, I'm, I'm, I'm a victim 
you know, I, I'm just going to say it. I'm the one that gets persecuted, but, but praise the Lord that I do. That's exactly I'm what being, I was just thinking. Yeah. You know, it reminded me of the, the story of uh, Peter and John. So when they got beat in the temple for preaching, what did they do? They were, they were like celebrating. Yep. They're like, yes, we got beat because of, yeah. you know, our stance and because of, you know, what we're saying is true. And so they, I, they, they wore it as a badge of honor. Yes. And I, and I see that because now I can honestly say that because of my faith, I've been persecuted and I have been associated with Jesus and, and people know me as uh, someone that loves Jesus and they know me as a follower mm. and I know Christ. And so I'm just challenged our listeners, listen, be known by Jesus, know him deeply and intimately and others will know that. And that unfortunately, as Jesus is telling us and warn us here is going to create persecution. It's going to create people to hate you just because they don't understand it. They don't want to accept him as master and they don't want to bend their knee to him. So, all right, let's move on. All right. Number three, some other passages in the Bible show a special bond between Christ and his followers that when he is attacked, so are we in Matthew uh, chapter 26, verse 31 says, we are the sheep and he is the shepherd. So when the shepherd is attacked, the sheep will suffer. When they attack him, they also target us because he is the master and we are his followers. But it is comforting to know that Jesus shares in the pain of God's people when they are per when they are persecuted, since he is the head of the body and we are the members. Yeah, that's the key. I mean, it, he is the head, right? We're just we're the body of Christ. He's the one that's taking the brunt of everything. It's it's his name that's being persecuted. It's his name that's being blasphemed, right? We are he's we're being protected a lot by him, right? But if we're suffering, the Bible is clearly saying that he's suffering. And so, and as the body of Christ, we come alongside of other believers as uh, to, to, uh, to take some of that burden of the suffering. And so if you're suffering right now and you're not involved in a church or involved in a life group or involved in, in something that where you're suffering, the body of Christ is to come along because Jesus is, and we're there to help build you up. You know, we're there to help take some of those blows, you know, Bob, if someone was coming against you or something was happening, I'd be right there with you. You know, because that's what friends do. That's what we, that's what body of Christ does. But remember in Acts 9, 4, when Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Remember that? Yep. So Paul was persecuting the church and Jesus took it personally to himself. So here's Paul going to kill all these Christians and do all these things. And but Jesus is like, oh, stop. That's my body. That's my, that's, that, they are a part of me. You know, he took it personally. So anything that the enemy can do to us has already been done to Jesus. Hmm. He is with us as we suffer. Wow. Absolutely amazing. All right. All right. The next reason Jesus gives us why the world system hates us is found in verse 19. Because we do not belong to the world. Yeah, that's it. That's all that's you it. said. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. We don't belong to the world. That's the bottom line. No, are we, maybe it should say we no longer belong to the world. Right. Yeah. Well, no, we don't. But it's once we've given our life to the Lord, we've been transformed. We've been changed. Right. So when we trusted Jesus, we moved into a new spiritual position. We are now in Christ and out of the world. To be sure, we are in the world physically, but not of the world spiritually. So it's the same thing with Jesus. He lived in the world in the physical. He dealt with the pains, the sufferings, the backstabbings, the the pain, all everything that we experience. But he also lived spiritually. He lived by, I only do what I see my father do. As my father does, I do. I adjust my life to the father. Whatever the father is doing, I live my life accordingly. And, 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 and Jesus, when he woke up in the morning, he didn't say, all right, this is my plans for the day. I'm going to go here because it's going to feed my flesh. I'm going to do this because this is what I want. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And this is my plan. And this is the way it's going to. Jesus never lived that life. Hmm. Jesus woke up, spent time with the Father. Jesus woke up and, and meditated on God's word and truth. And Jesus said, okay, God, let's go. And as he walked down the road, uh, a blind man was off to the right. Jesus didn't say, well, I have my plan. I'm going to go heal this person. Jesus says, no, call that blind man to me. He adjusted his life because he knew the Father was doing that, and he dealt with it. That's how Jesus lived his life. And so when the, when the Pharisees and other people started seeing it, it says, dude, this is different. Yeah. This guy is different. Remember at one point in the, in the verses, they said, we know that you don't fear any man. The Pharisees even said that to Jesus. And it's true. He didn't fear man. He didn't fear people. We don't fear man. 
We don't fear people. We live to bring him glory. We live according to the father. And so the reason, you know, the world hates us is because we don't belong to the world. We are different than the world, period. Hmm. Can't get any more than that. All right. Good. We are now partakers of a heavenly calling. See Hebrews 3.1. We are no longer interested in the treasures or pleasures of sin in this world. This does not mean that we are isolated from reality or insulated from the world's needs. So heavenly minded that we are no longer any earthly good. Have you heard that before? Yes. Yeah. That's why I was chuckling. Yeah. Rather, it means that we look at things of earth from heaven's point of view. Yeah, that's, I love the way. Yeah, that's we a good just, way to put it. Yeah, we talked about that. You know, and again, it's uh, we talked about two shows ago. We talked, I think, Christine, what the show that Christine was on, we talked about Jesus goggles or something. Yeah. It's, I'll tell you the story. So I was at, um, we were at the LAX, and as I was sitting at the LAX, I, in the background, um, I was buying these sandwiches at this thing. And the person behind the guy was a, a drag queen or something. I mean, he was dressed in a girl thing and he was working there. And the girl that was um, helping me, she had nose piercings and eye piercings and cheek piercings and all these piercings. And literally, I mean, I felt a little uncomfortable because it was so different than me. Right. And immediately I, I sat there and I, and I, you know, my temptation was to judge them. Like, why are they dressed that? Like, why are they choosing that lifestyle? Why are they doing that? Right. But immediately Jesus, I put on my Jesus goggles and he, and in the empower of the Holy Spirit just fell upon me. And he says, man, I love them deeply. And I want you to bless them. And I want you to elevate them and do what you can to, to speak life into them. And so I just was really funny and encouraged them and, and blessed them and did all these things. But, but it wasn't I that no longer was living. It was Christ that living within me because my natural self was to react to the difference. But Jesus in me wanted me to love them and see them as he sees them. And so that's what we're talking about. The world system operates um, differently than that. And so you said, see it from the point of view. So again, on the basis, they looked at <clears throat> the world system bases itself on conformity, right? They want to conform to people. We have trends that happen, right? We conform to things. As long as a person follows the fads and the fashions and accepts the values of the world, he and she will always get along, right? So if we go against that, it's going to be different. But the Christian refuses to be conformed to the world. Remember 2 Corinthians 5.17 um, uh, says that um, the believer in the new creation, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Well, that is saying that we are no longer want to live in the old life. We are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. But a dark world does not want light, and the world hates that we are different and out of step with them. So. Could um, people, like I blessed at the LAX thing, could they have turned against me? Because like, why are you showing me love? Are you fake or whatever? That happens. I've had that happen where I would go out of my way to show love. I would go out of my, and they would look at me and say, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't patronize me or whatever they would say, right? And, and that happens. And it's like, they reject light. They reject that. Or if I say, hey, can I pray for you? They'll reject that. Yeah. Can I, can I, whatever that is, I just want to be good. I want to help. And they will immediately accuse me or think of something against me. That happens all the time. I remember when I was in, um, uh, I was in Morocco one time and I was sitting in a sook and, and as we were preaching about Daniel and um, all of a sudden, man, out of nowhere, we're talking about the goodness of God, this, this hostile group come at us, right? I'm fearing for my life thinking, okay, this is not good. It's because it was light. It was love. It was goodness. Darkness can't handle that. And so we have to expect it. And Jesus is telling us here, beware of this. I'm telling you right now, you might lose your life, Peter. And guess what? He did. He was crucified upside down. You might lose your life, uh, Paul. He did. His head was cut off, right? You might lose your life, Stephen. And he did. He was sitting there on, on the ground. He got stoned to death. It's, it's unfortunate, but in today's world, that is a possibility. In the United States, possibly not going to happen. In uh, Iran, yeah, that would happen, you know, in certain parts. But that's what Jesus is saying. Are you willing to love people to lose your life? Are you willing to sacrifice what the world is saying hmm. and doing and live a different life that is holy, that is pleasing, that is of good report, and then more importantly, brings glory to the Father? Are you willing to do it? <clears throat> a lot of people say no. A lot of people don't want to deal with the peer pressure. A lot of people don't want to deal with, with anything that comes that way. Yeah, That's what Jesus is saying to his disciples. That's what he's asking of them.
Right. I, I love the pictures of lightness and darkness because, I mean, darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. It's, it's, yeah. it's impossible. People think it's the opposite. It's not. Right. Darkness is just the absence of light. Yeah. All right, let's move on. The next reason Jesus gives us why the world system hates us is found in verse 21. Because the world is spiritually ignorant and blind. You have asked religious, if you had asked the religious leaders in Jerusalem back in, back 2000 years ago, if yeah. they knew that God, that the God they were seeking to defend would have said, of, would, of course we know. Him. Yeah. Thank you. Of course we know. Him. Of course, that's what they would have said. Of course we know. Him. But Jesus said that they did not know the father. Therefore, they could not know the son. It's like talking to Christians today. It's talking about the, you know, the church. You just talked about the it. The Tom they, Brady thing, right? Yeah, they know. They can say that they know about him or know him, but they don't know him personally. Remember, you were talking about Matthew 7. You I mean, it's like they're tithing. They're going to church. They're doing all these things. But if you really look at their life, are they bearing fruit? Is there, is, is there life? Is everything that's coming out of their mouth talking about how it's going to glorify God? Are they looking at it from God's perspective? And I, I know people in the inner circle that claim to be Christians, but man, I, I look at their life and I don't hear Jesus on anything. Yeah. And you know, it goes back to the, what you described earlier about the chosen, the, the, the opening scene of the chosen. It's the current. Yeah. Right. It's like so many are just swimming with the current of the, of the culture and they're not, they're not going against it. Yeah. I mean, in Jesus, this is a theme that Jesus discussed a lot, that they never knew him. I mean, it's, it's constant throughout the world. He's mentioned it many times before to the religious leaders. He's mentioned it to us, you know, personally, I'm sure he's mentioned it to people that are on the sidelines or not. He goes, Hey, you don't know me. You got to get in the game. You know, you, you got to, you know, pick up your cross and follow me today. You know, you got to stop going with the current. You got to go against the current. Um, he said, you neither know me nor my father. It wasn't just that. He, they, he's basically telling me, you don't know the father. You have not known me, but I have known him. So the religious world claims to know God, but it does not want to bow the knee to Jesus as the son of God and the only savior of the world. Bow the knee, this is what it means. It means that you are no longer living unto yourself. You do not make the plans every morning. It's not about how much money you're going to make. It's not about how you're going to get successful. It's not about your vacations. It's not about what you're going to do. It's about what is God asking of you today? How are you adjusting your life to him? How are you seeing people as he sees them? How are you elevating others above yourself? How are you decreasing and others increasing? How is God being glorified in the words and the ways that you think today? And if you're not spending time with him, and if you don't know him, you have no power or authority. You are, you are going into battle weak and you will not be able to be a witness unto him. And there will not be love in you. There will be bitterness. There will not be um, uh, gentleness or kindness. There'll be hatred. It's, it's, it's when you, your bug gets squashed, you're going to smell like a skunk. You're not, you're not going to come out smelling like a rose if you do not know Jesus. You're going to be a hypocritical Christian. You're going to be just like the Pharisees. So in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 says that Satan has blinded their minds. In Ephesians 4, 17, it says that Satan has blinded their hearts. The world chooses religion over relationship. Religion sucks. There it is. Yeah. We haven't said that in a while. No. You know, I was just thinking about you know, the, uh, the sermon that Jesus is giving after the feeding of the 5,000. I think it's at the end of John 6, where he's telling the people that some of them are just following him because of the miracles. They yeah. want the bread. Yeah. No, they, they just want, yeah. he, they're genie. He's genie God. Yeah. He's like, here, you know, come run by lamp and, you know, get, get your three wishes. Yeah. That th those aren't true followers of no. Jesus. And that, that's, I think, part of that message. Is yeah. John 6, that. 6, John 66, 6, a lot of sixes. Yeah. That's the one that they said they all turned away. Yeah. And they, and they all turn away him anymore. Yep. So you got to be following them for the right reasons. Just following him is not, not enough. All right. Another reason the world hates uh, the world system hates us is found in verses 22 through 24, because the world will not be honest about its own sin. True. Once again, Jesus emphasizes his words and his works. We have seen this emphasized throughout the gospel of John. The people had no excuse for their sin. They had seen his works and heard about and heard his words, but they would not admit the truth. Jesus presented to them all of the evidence that they would ever, ever need. But they were not honest enough to receive it and act on it. It's, it's amazing. So they saw the guy, the guy get healed. Yeah. They saw the blind man. They saw all of these miracles. They, they listened to his teaching and they still refused. It's the same thing today. It's, it's exactly the same. It's like 
you can see the truth right in front of you. Why are you not accepting it? And it's the pride. It's the pride of life. They're just, they want to be God of their life. It just <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. That's it. That's what's happening. So the statement here parallels to what Jesus told the Pharisees after he healed the blind man. They had to admit that Jesus had healed the man born blind, but they would not follow the evidence to its logical conclusion and put their trust in him. Jesus told them that they were the ones that were blind. Since they admitted that they had they had seen a, they, since they admitted that they seen a miracle, this made their sin even worse. They were no longer sinning in ignorance. They now had the truth and completely rejected it. Yeah. So in 2 Peter 3, 5 says, for they willingly are ignorant. People in the world refuse to face their sin honestly. That the pride is so overwhelming. They'll see the truth. They'll realize that they are wrong and they'll still justify it. They'll still make the excuse. And, and Jesus is saying, that's going to happen to you. You will be in the right. You will be living holy. You will be walking closely with the Lord. And, and doing the right thing, and they are going to falsely accuse you. They're going to see the truth, and they're going to deny it. Hmm. And, and you just got to trust in the Lord. You just got to surrender to him and let it go. There's nothing you can do. You can try to fight it all you want. We battle against a spiritual world that's pretty evil, and it's pretty dominating. And, and all we have is, is Jesus for us, and we got to trust him. You can't fight against it. You have to go in the spirit. So, All right. Move. But at least he's giving the disciples a warning. Yep. And us, yeah. Uh, hey, hey, expect this. That's this, why don't we're sharing. Be surprised. It today. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. Do not be surprised. Yeah. All right. How does the Holy Spirit encourage believers when they are experiencing the hatred and opposition of the world, Pete? Okay. Well, if you could pull up First Peter four twelve through nineteen, did you get that? I got it. Okay. So let's get get to that in a second. But in verse twenty six, Jesus tells it is primarily through the Word of God. So the Holy Spirit encourages believers through the Word of God. So we know. The Bible says that the, the word of God is inspired, right? It's the infallible word of God. It's, it's his. So God inspired. I know that God does that for me. So I can, I can believe that is true. So I know that like when I was spending with the LAX uh, people, what I said to them was not my own self. Right. What I said to them was the spirit of God working in me. And how do I know as a spirit of God, it spoke life to them. It elevated them. It was filled with love, gentleness, and kindness. It was filled with the spirit of God. It was filled with fruit of the spirit. So that's how I know, right? So when I read the word of God, it's always elevating Jesus. It's always causing man to decrease. It shares everything about man. It shares the ugliness, everything about man. And it always talks away in a way of repentance. It always talks in a way of, of forgiveness and love and, and salvations and everything. It's always done in goodness. Okay, so that's how I know. All right, so back to this. So that's primarily through the word of God. It says that the Holy Spirit will testify about him because he is the word. It also says that the spirit witnessed to us and through us during times of persecution. He reminds us that what we are experiencing is a fellowship of the Christ suffering. Philippians 3.10 says that, and that is the privilege to bear reproach for his name. And so we just talked about this at the beginning. So we bear, it's a privilege for us to be persecuted. Right. And so that's what first Peter was talking about. Let's get, kind of get into that. Um, verses 12 through 19. Yeah. First Peter 4, 12 through 19 says, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in so far as you share Christ's suffering that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or as an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment, for it is, I say that right, for it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Mm. Mm. And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Mm. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a, uh, to a faithful creator while doing good. Man, I mean, he just, you can't get it any better than that. So again, Peter got it. Peter suffered. Peter was in jail, right? Peter's been through it, right? He's already probably been beaten at this point and, and everything else. And he knows that a lot of the believers that he's dealing with are suffering. I mean, it was not easy to be a Christian back then. 
And, and he understood that it was a privilege to bear the reproach. And so we're encouraging our believers, our, our listeners that get, uh, get outside of your comfort zone, become one with God. And as Jesus learned to follow the father and everything he does, you too, because I promise you, God has a lot of work for you. God is, God, God is talking to you right now. And God is saying, Hey, I want to be a part of your life and I want to work through you. Hmm. I want you to be my hands and feet. And I want to speak. I want to allow the Holy spirit to speak through you as, as, as my, as an Oracle of God, right? The Holy spirit will always bring to your mind the things of God. It will always point back to the Lord. If, if, if you're getting something that's not biblically correct, and it's not in context of what the word of God says, then it's probably your flesh. It's probably your feeling and it's probably your opinion. If, if the Holy Spirit is giving you something, it's always going to be done in love. It's always going to be gentle. It's always going to glorify him. And it's always going to make you decrease. <laughs> so that's how we know. But if you're doing that, you're going to be persecuted. Yep. And, and I'm telling you, do it. It's okay. It's, it's, it's a badge of honor. That's what Peter's telling us. There's joy it's, in it. There's joy in that. Yeah. And, and, and you know that. So, all right, let's awesome. go on. Yeah. Times of persecution have always been times of proclamation and witness for the church. We must always be ready to give an answer when unsaved people attack us. See 1 Peter 3.15. The spirit God witnesses to us so that we can witness to the world. Uh, Mark 13.11. And apart from the power of the spirit of God, we cannot give a clear witness Christ acts one eight. It kind of goes back to what you were just saying. It, Pete. Yeah. It's like if if you're being elevated, that that's not right. No, God will always be elevated, and you'll become less. John three thirty, right? He will become more. You will become less. Yeah, that's how you know. Yeah, and I and I think what you know Jesus is getting here in context. He says there is no reason for a believer to stumble here, and and I think that you know because of what he's done already on the earth and how he's equipped us with grace and how he's equipped us with the tools. There is no reason why we should stumble here. We should not be fearful. We should not fear the lion's roar of Satan. Um, the, Jesus has already claimed victory. He's already won the battle. Um, you know, as I said at the beginning, greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. And so John 16, one says to be offended when the world turns against us, would, would sh uh, we should expect persecution. As Jesus has told his disciples, we should not stumble as well when other religious leaders attack us or religious friends attack us when they think they are serving God when they do so. Hmm. And so it's, I can't tell you how many times I've even within the church where I have them come against me. And I was like, what world, I immediately recognize that they're hurting and then pain. And I immediately recognize that according to Romans 14, they're at a different level of spiritual maturity, right? And so I can tell that they're not really seeking God at that moment, that what I hear is the flesh. What I hear is them picking up a stone and throwing it at me. And so what does Jesus tell me to do? My job is to love them. My job is to pray for them and be an intercessory prayer. My job is to elevate them. Now, I'm not going to go spend a lot of time with them. They're not going to be my best friends to hang out with, but, but I can still engage in their life in a loving, kind way. And, and that is the difference between walking in the world system and walking in the system that God gives. I am, I am changed. I am, I am transformed. I am, I am a, a new creation. I do not live by my own standards. I only live by what Christ asked me to do. And, and I'm not perfect at it, but, but I know that the more that I choose to spend time with him, the more that I sacrifice my own flesh, the more I become more like him. And that is my heart's desire. And I pray that that's the heart's desire of people listening because becoming more like Jesus is so much greater than anything the world has ever offered. It's so much more joyful and I have peace. And, and I'm telling you the rewards that come when Jesus says that he's gonna, when Paul told that he's gonna bless us exceedingly abundantly more than possibly think or imagine, I get that every day because I don't have to fear I don't have to have anxiety. I don't have to have the worry. I don't have to have, I don't have to figure it all out. God says he goes before us and he does all the heavy lifting. All I have to do is follow his lead. It's so much greater than anything the world can ever offer. Oh, all right. So good, Pete. Let's finish with this one. The word service translated in verse two means priestly service. The statement is a description of Saul who thought 
This is, goes back to what you were just talking about, who thought he was serving God by destroying the church. I mean, Saul thought he was doing God's work until the road to Damascus, and then uh, he met Jesus face to face. And I pray that for a lot of people in the church. <laughs> I pray God, Amen. I pray that the Damascus experience happens a right now. flash of light, huh? And, and, you know, and, it, and I get, and I pray that for my own life. I don't want to ever be that person that's persecuting others. I, oh. I have to be very careful. And I, I fall short here at times where I've, I'll see a preacher on, on whatever, man, I'll come out quickly. What is he saying that for? Why is he doing that? And, and I have to ask for forgiveness, you know, and, and if I had the, that preacher's phone number, I need to call him and ask him for forgiveness because a lot of times I don't know the preacher's heart. I don't know where he's coming from. I don't know that whole context. Right. And I have to be very yeah. careful. You I got this little tiny glimpse. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I battle judging people all the time and, and, and God says, ah, don't see them as the world sees them. You need to see people the way that I see them. And if there's pain, it's because they're, because they're, they're lashing out because they're seeking comfort and, and, and everybody is seeking, how do I get back into the garden of Eden? That's what, that's what it is. How do I find that peace and that joy and that fellowship with God? They're finding, they're looking for purpose and, and all of that. And so we're there to help show them the way, you know, we're there to just bring life into them and help show them the way. So it is always tragic when religious people persecute and murder in the name of God. While it is true that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of church, Tertullian said, it is also true that their blood is the stain on the pages of history. So there's going to come a time you might die. You know, I, I told my wife this this morning. I says, you know, there's things that I keep saying and doing that one day I might be in prison. You know, I mean, I'm telling you, there's, I'm, it might happen. You know, I mean, you never know where this world system is going today. Anyway, if you're listening to this, we just, we're just so thankful. And we just pray that it was an encouragement to you. But we know that there's a lot of people that might be listening that might not know Jesus. And, you know, I was just, I read this quote by T.A. McMahon this morning. He says, it is hard for anyone who has a personal intimate relationship with Jesus Christ to accept that the world hates them. Hmm. Um, this one whom we love so much. I thought of the Lord of glory hanging upon the cross on Calvary Hill with the mockers about him, yet he died for them and for those who mock him still. And, and I just thought of that. And if you're here listening to this and you're afraid and, and just remember that Jesus went all the way to death and he did it to please the father. <laughs> he did it to glorify the father. And as I shared today, there's living for Jesus, living that sacrificial life, living to bring him glory is so much greater than living for yourself. Um, you know, I have less days of anxiety. I have less days of bitterness. I have less days of, of anger. I just, I don't, I'm not, I don't have road rage. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, it's different for me. Um, I'm a lot patient, more patient with people. You know, it's not all the time. I'm not, I'm not claiming to be God jeepers. I need savior just like everybody else. But I know that my life has been transformed and I can testify to the goodness of God. Yeah. And, and if you are, are dealing with it and you want to repent of your sin today, you can. You just have to say, God, I repent. I don't want to be like this anymore. I want to be a true follower of Christ. I want to deny myself and pick up the cross. I want to walk faithfully and humbly with you. And you can, you just got to put the effort in. The Bible, Bible says with Paul, he says that he had to discipline his mind and his body. He had to take it captive. He had to, he had to forcefully put himself in position so that he would glorify God. And that's the same thing with us. You've got to forcefully put yourself in a position to spend time with him. You can't keep turning on the TV. You can't keep doing the habits that are created in you that are bad and that are taking you away from him. You got to create new habits to walk with him faithfully and humbly. And you could do that today. So bow your hearts and you can pray to God and he can change you today. Amen. You know, first John two fifteen says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. And if that has been you and you've loved the world more than you've loved God, and you've never come into relationship with Jesus, you can do so now. God just says, you just bow your hearts and you repent of your sins. You say, God, I please ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again on the third day. I believe that you are my savior and I believe that I can have eternity with you by believing in you and by living for you. And I choose today to do so. 
And, 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 and you do that in Jesus' name. And if that is what you did, if you've bowed your heart, you repented of your sins, and you said in your heart that you choose to live for Jesus, the Bible says all the angels in heaven are now rejoicing with you. We are rejoicing with you. And we would love to hear about your, your choice today. So, Bob, how could they do that? Oh, amazing. Um, first thing, just jump onto the riotpodcast.com. There's lots of resources there for you. Um, there's, there's like a place to answer your questions, um, ways to contact us, reach out to us, and all the just, just jump on the website. And then finally, for all of our listeners, um, go to our social media sites, like, subscribe, and share um, what you've heard today. And if you haven't had the opportunity yet to jump onto YouTube and actually watch a podcast. Now, again, we, we don't recommend you do this while you're driving, but if you're sitting at your desk and, you know, instead of turning on um, the news tonight, what if you watched an episode of the riot podcast on YouTube? So I, I promise you, you'll be blessed. But when you go there, here's what you got to do for me. And I'm, you know, you already know the routine. You go on YouTube, you know the routine. You got to you got to hit that subscribe button. You got to punch that like button and you've got to just share with uh, share some comments below. It could be something as simple as just telling us where you're listening to us from. That would be amazing when we would really love to hear from you. So guys, uh, I know we've been talking about love for, for weeks. Today, we talked a little bit about hatred, a little spin, but uh, we're just sharing the words of Jesus with you. They were the words in red today. And uh, what an honor it is to do the show with you again, Pete. And uh, thank you, Christine, for all the work you do behind the scenes. I know you don't like being in front of the camera, but uh, this does not work without you and yeah. the staff behind Amen. that puts yeah. all this stuff together. So we are just uh, thankful and honored uh, to be working and doing this with you guys have an amazing week of worship. We're four weeks away from Easter. Yes. Get ready to celebrate uh, our risen King. And you know what? Invite somebody to your church, yeah. wherever you go, invite somebody. Mm. It's the easiest time of year to get mm. people to say yes to church. Mm. You know, they're already kind of thinking about Easter. And the reason I think that most people don't go is because nobody asked them. Yeah. So be mm. that person, ask your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, Hey, would you come to Easter service with me? Yeah. All right, guys have an amazing week. All right. Be blessed. This has been the riot podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.